Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcast, and this is episode 42. And today we have a big topic. We're going to be talking about conflict in the church. Let's do this. Oh yeah, the music. Oh yeah. <laughs> Let the music simmer. Oh man. It's it's almost like we have Fitch Should right I here with this? us. Oh, two Fitches. Two Fitches. It's amazing. They are not Fitch. They are Bernard and Shu. How are you guys doing? Yo, yo. Yup. Yup, yup. We are back here at Tyndale University recording our episode. And we have this really big topic, which can go a lot of different ways. But we're going to hopefully rein it in and talk positively about it. We're in the majestic room B of the educational library. Oh, man. We are in room B. That's yeah, right. We are. Usually you're in room A. <laughs> room B. <laughs> Anyways, conflict in the church. This is a massive topic. People have written books about this topic. It's inevitable. It happens. We all face it. But before we jump into that, are there any specific types of conflicts you guys have seen, especially within the Canadian-Asian context? What are some of the things that usually produce conflict? Generational conflict. Yo, that's huge. That's loaded. You have to talk a bit more about that. What does generational conflict look like? We, we talk about so much on our podcast. It's like the main thing of yeah, our podcast. Like it's, well, it's one of the issues definitely that, that people have where... We practice the opposite of scripture. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but we do at times look down <laughs> on people. Okay, jokes aside, but yeah, that there is a, a generational difference, different culture, uh, cultures at play, an immigrant culture, a culture that's bicultural and trying to, uh, you know, learn how to deal in, in the situation. And how do you be part of the same church within all that messiness? And wow. it's not only for Canadian Asian churches. Uh, Canadian uh, Caucasian churches, sure. multicultural churches, tons of churches still have this issue too. Sure. So that's definitely a conflict that that pops its ugly head at mm. times. And that's huge. You talk generational, you talk about bicultural, mm. you know, being products of multiple cultures and how they have shaped us. And that has affected our view of the church. But, you know, when you talk about generational too, you, you're talking about paradigms, you're talking about uh, perspectives and what they believe is truth, and there's so much in there already. I don't know. Like, I think coming out of that, there was also there are also like more practical stuff, like the worship wars, where oh yeah, you know, like the preferences, sure. of what that looks like, or what theme, what is theme theologically correct, right? Ah, we're gonna be talking about that soon um, in an upcoming episode. A lot of that stuff. Theology is another big one, probably. Okay, like what is the right theology? What is the wrong theology? Mm -hmm. Was orthodoxy? What are um, people saying when they say what is right theology, wrong theology, orthodoxy? I don't know. It's, it's, it's a giant mess because I don't. I don't know if people actually wrestle through what they really think, or they've read a book and thought that that was the right thing, and then <laughs> yeah, it's what's it's what's popular. Yeah, what's mm, popular? It's like pop theology in a way. There you go. Um, it's kind of you. You read it. You saw a blog, and it's like, oh my gosh, like my, my whole life has been messed up, and this is the truth. And I come back to my. You know, Christian community, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing? You know, according to this guy or sure, gal. yeah, and some like large 
gatherings and associations, especially we've seen them in the States and such like that, you know, where, you know, they'll kind of fall on one side or another and it comes back to a local congregation and then all of a sudden it's kind of a big mess for mm-hmm. sure. The thing with Bruxy, I guess sort of recently, but when a, a pastor or a group or a denomination association has something against a certain pastor, they'll write a blog about it and people will just <laughs> oh, yes. nail them. And then you have a conflict that brews from that without any actual talk, you know, and, you know. That's interesting, like, you brought up blogs, and it's kind of feel like we're in a culture where, like, our society is so virtually connected, and the social media is so rampant. Sure. That, like, like it's so easy to to spark conflict. Mm. Mm. But 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 what's what's unique, though, like, we may spark the conflict, but we will not embody it because it's virtually. Maybe that's just the way it's expressed now. Yeah. Conflict can exist virtually <laughs> instead of embodied like Twitter wars relationship. And <laughs> Facebook conversations online. This just kind of gets kind, yeah. of, kind of crazy. Like you can write a blog. What's easiest to consume in terms of media presentation is conflict. Is let's, oh, let's create true, conflict yeah. like so that I'm interested. People in desire it. for it's that. It's drama. Click, 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 click. <laughs> Clickbait. Oh, like common, common enemies. Oh yeah. A la David Fitch. Yeah, and and that's really dangerous because like when you're doing it, like when you're approaching conflict in that way, instead of actually connecting with one another, you're actually giving one another ammo to shoot one another. <laughs> and you know, if someone. You know, you use that example about Bruxy. If someone already did not like Bruxy for whatever reason and then re- reads a blog criticizing him about his theology or whatnot, then you're like, oh, yeah, that too. See, that's another reason mm. why my point is valid and such like that. And so this is a culture that, like, perhaps drives on conflict or drama. like On oh, antagonisms. Antagonisms, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Who And what side you are on and such like that. And so... You know, that that is great bridge into talking about how do people respond and how do people find themselves antagonisms. Often than not, people find themselves against another person. And, and this is where it kind of transcends between just disagreeing on the issue, but it's like, I disagree with the person. And like that other person kind of embodies the conflict or the issue. Can you guys speak a little bit into antagonisms and what you guys have seen? You know, I'll share with you kind of like a personal narrative that I've experienced. So when I was a young Christian, when I first kind of came to know Jesus, got baptized and everything, like I was brand spanking new. So whatever the church says, I would do. And I remember like that was during the vote for um, same-sex marriage. Sure. And then basically like there was a rally, I think mostly like Asian churches. Mm. And then they were saying like, we're going to rally downtown and we're going to go down to Queen Street and blah, blah. We're going to like march to the, not city hall. Queens Park. Uh, Queens Park. I remember. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, we would all have these banners, and we wear this shirt, and blah, blah. Like, and it's a protest. It's a protest, sure. right? And and I remember going down, and I did it, and I was like, okay, good. Like, I'm I'm following what is right and what is Christian. Mm. But then, as I had moments to, to kind of rethink that, like, there was one point I actually had to confess, and I, I actually had to seek forgiveness, because I was like, what have I done? Right. I've participated in an antagonizing posture right. in some ways. Because, like, what what have I done? Like, it's not like I am proclaiming the good news or embodying the good news. There's nothing good about this kind of protest. It is actually, you know, like addressing an ideology that we think is right or wrong. Sure. 
and we're pushing that ideology on other people. And for me, like, like I always look back at that, and I always like there's a deep sense of sadness. Sure. Because a like like I just kind of like blindedly followed antagonism. But how much do our church do that? And, and maybe not in the same level with this, this 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 specific topic, which I think we we still have a lot to wrestle with. But it's very easy. Yeah. But in the moment, you thought, oh, to be a faithful follower of Jesus, because of perhaps someone told you that, that we need to go and protest this and we need to be, you know, against others in this way, right? Like, right. But, but in the moment, you did, like, you did think that, like, this is the right way to be a Christian, right? I don't even know if I think it was right or wrong. I just thought, like, because I was told to do it, that oh. I, should, I, should, I should be there. Like, I wasn't even introspective or discerning about it. It was just like... Well, the church, if the church is doing it, then I should do it. But now looking back, it's like, it's so easy to take something or an idea or a concept. And as David Fitch kind of puts it, like, and you create it into a banner, mm, right? Yeah. Like a massive signifier that kind of like, it masses like everything and it depersonalizes. It, it's just an ideology that you're against. But I had no frame of references. I have no points of connection to the the reality of like what we're actually protesting against sure and it's just like well that's not it's not right <laughs> really? um, i don't know this is one of the stories that kind of comes to mind and you know like i think even still now like i carry a heaviness of having actually participated in that mm. <laughs> i didn't know you participated in i that. did wow yeah, I was like, I was like one year into like being a christian interesting and sure. so it was kind of yeah, like yeah. okay this so i guess we go right <laughs> And I find that interesting because there is, and I always want to like push even someone like Fitch or whoever to, to a place where you, you do, you can get to a spot where you can either go, we should always just have no convictions, almost like we should be graceful to everyone and should never push back ever against anything. Or you're like, it's the two extremes. Like one is just oh, sh- Jesus would show grace to this person. They're, they're possibly changing and, and blah, blah, Or it's like, and we should never like say anything, anything about anybody or, or never, never engage basically. And then the other side is like, no, we're going to harp on these people. We're going to set in our fundamentalist <laughs> place and, and set these people right, you know, kind of thing. So what is- Dig our boots into the what ground. The, the what's, space? what's the third way? Uh, yeah. What is the third way? <laughs> yes, I was there like, you what go. is the third way? <laughs> But I, I find that's kind of where we're, at least a lot of people I know, we get locked into. Like, even for myself at times, I'm like, I, I'm like I, I have convictions, but the thing is, like, would I be okay, <laughs> I know Bernard's looking at me, like, building a relationship with people that I would disagree with? And Whoa. that's that's something that I think is... Radical. Uh, Loving your enemies? Uh, like, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my story. Um, which isn't as, as wow. Sorry, your story as uh, so. I was in a I was a meeting at, at church, and uh, you know, pastors and deacons, and me and this one deacon just don't we don't get along. Like we just we've all, and and I appreciate. I know where he comes from. It's a good good heart, good place. But we always get get into it. I, I and I just like to get into it with people, right? But <laughs> um, and we just kept and he was saying certain things that I. I did not think was very appropriate or I, I, and I was pushing back on things. And in the end, and, and this deacon actually is like, we need more pastors and deacons to, to spend time outside of the, the meeting so that we can get to know each other. And I'm like, yes. And then I was like, okay. Then I went to him the side is like, you know what? 
I, first, I want to apologize if I was too, too harsh or too, too whatever. Second is, how about like you spend some time mentoring me then? Like, let's spend some time together. And it's just like, even though we're not that great relationally, I was just, I want to learn from where you're coming from. What and was his response? Like, and then he's like, yeah, you know, we met up once and for coffee and then just, it, it didn't continue. Right. But I, I, like, I was like, okay, let's try. Like, I, re- I really wanted to try. So even out of an antagonistic place, I, I did want to try to like, okay, how, even if we don't agree, how do we try to build a bridge or try to better understand each other and move forward? And it's, it's, it's not easy. I, I could paint a wonderful picture. We're best friends now or, or whatever, <laughs> but it was the, you know, at least I, now I understood where he was coming from mm. and I'm, I'm okay with that. And I, you know, I, and, and he, he's, he's just finished kind of like his term. So I just, I appreciate him. Sure. You know, so that's, I think part of how we, we need to operate in terms of like, I need to not just see you as being the frustrating component of the ministry or <laughs> right. pushing back the antagonistic thing, the depersonalized thing, as Bernard was saying, but like, no, how do I see where he's coming from all the experiences that God has put in him? Cause I believe Christ is working in him too. Yeah. So yeah, that's, an example of an antagonistic thing that happened. And I know a lot of people probably can relate to church meetings that way. There's so, mm. more, there's so much more restorative than mine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's not easy at all. I, I still get frustrated <laughs> at meetings. <laughs> no, but I think that's, you know, you guys raised some really important points where it's recognizing that, you know, when you sit across the table from someone and you're acknowledging them as a brother or, or sister in Christ, and even acknowledging to the point where you were just saying, God is at work in you. And I want to learn about that. And I want to hear from that. And maybe I need to, you know, repent of some things in my life as the ways that I've been doing things. But I want to see how God is working in your life. And I think that's a very humble posture to take. And it shifts the conflict away from specifically the person more towards that, you know, this is a, just a disagreement, maybe on ideology or practice. And we need to continue to invite one another in to work through it. But it's hard. It's, it's so hard to do, right? And I think especially when feelings get hurt, and especially when people feel that it's an attack perhaps even on their identity or their spiritual maturity, that it, it makes it very difficult, right? And, you know, we've seen what that can lead to. And like on the one side, we'll have disagreements on theology or practices. You know, people have split over, uh, you know, baptism, right? People have split over their stance on homosexuality. We serve the food here. We like it this way. No, we're going to serve it this way. No, I'm going to start my own church. And that's the thing, right? (laughs) Different foods. That's the thing, you know, like it could be something very small and perhaps that issue is really big for someone. (laughs) And things split. And we've seen, like the three of us have seen church splits. We know people who've gone through church splits. And sometimes when a split doesn't happen, perhaps a policy is implemented and said like, okay, we need to change, you know, we want to safeguard against the future, but perhaps that is being a little bit too safe that can prevent or hinder ministry from happening. There's so many different outcomes that can happen as a result of conflict. And so I want to post the question out to you guys, because you guys have both been part of this in some way or form. How did you guys make your decision to start something new out of an existing structure? I don't know if actually like I planted because of a conflict. I think there are differences 
that perhaps our philosophy and our theological approach was very different. Sure. But I think for me, the decision to go was, you know, partially the conviction that God's called and led us on uh, this, this season and journey of difference. And I've also kind of wrestled with this too, like sometimes for the sake of unity to like do something different so that you're not being the the point of like division. Right. Um, and that's not, not necessarily, yeah. And that's not necessarily like what was happening in my case, but like I've seen that, that it may actually be better for this person to just gracefully remove themselves and start something different. Sure. Because there can be a point where people start sowing the seeds of dissensions and right. antagonism and is very unhealthy. And that is part of why some churches have split because of a philosophical, theological, whatever differences. Sure. And like without actually addressing it or without actually taking the measures to kind of part ways mm. because then you kind of sit on and you not only have the seed sown, the seed's actually growing. Right. <laughs> it's it's affecting everything else and bearing fruit <laughs> in other ways. And so I think what I'm hearing you say too is there are times within differences, we'll try to separate differences and conflict in, in, in a little bit, but you know, you're saying that there are points where it is actually healthy and better for people to go different directions. Is that correct? Yeah, I think there are times, but it doesn't have to be like this unifying. Yeah, I was oh, just thinking yes. about that too. Paul and um, Barnabas. And they had a sharp dis- disagreement. Yeah. Uh, but they became friends <laughs> later, so. Reconciling power. Uh, yes. At least in terms of conflict, for me, it wasn't a conflict issue either. Like, it, it was a missional impulse mm. where if we are serious about reaching people in a certain area and God's placed us there, why wouldn't we take up that call? Right. So for us, it was more about, okay, well, we could do that as a large church, but at times being part of, I think, a larger organization that is trying to do a lot, of, a lot for a lot of different people, the, like you can, you can okay, we're going to start like a small group over there, or we're going to whatever. The thing was like, could we think beyond that? Could we be even more like integrating our lives in that area and with, that, with the group of people who are living, doing life in that area, even if it's not that far away? Sure. So for us, that's why we we started a new campus site, and we were like, why wouldn't if a bunch of us live here in that downtown Markham area, we we will make the effort and make be very intentional about it. So to talk to to people uh, at at uh, our main site and to work through that, I don't think it was it was conflicting, but it was definitely you'd have to talk through with people why you're doing what you're doing. Some people misunderstand, or some people think you're trying to tear apart a good thing right. you have or something, yeah. you know, people might have that, but you're like, no, this is why we're doing it. And, you know, we, we want to, sh- we want to show you what this is about. So we can only talk theoretically in the beginning when it's about that, but you know, that's why we moved in, in that direction. So, yeah. And I think it's, we're, we're still set out to do that, but it, it's not easy, but I do think a healthy reason to start something new or to like, for example, when people tell me about their small groups or their kind of like fellowship community, fellowshipping community, and they're like, "Oh, we, you know, like, why would you start something new?" It's like, "No, let's keep this going." So we mm. want to grow up together. All these things. Well, the only reason why you'd birth something new or birth a new group of some sort, hopefully, it's not coming out of conflict or a split, but it's out of like, no, no, no. We have this like 
Bernard is saying this calling, and we are inviting others into that call. Sure. If if you are if you sense that too, so that's what we try to do. We invited people into that call, not to go like, not you don't agree with the church how it runs this, blah blah. We're gonna do a smaller church or, or blah, blah blah. Like it wasn't that, but I think you know now being a bit smaller, it, it creates a different way to minister mm. to people as well. So yeah, that's kind of you know why we started out, why we did what we did. Hmm. All right. If someone came up to you asking for advice and they were in a situation where they were feeling that, you know, that they were trying to move in a certain way. And both of you guys mentioned in your journeys, just kind of like this missiological conviction, right? And perhaps for them, they're like, oh, we want to see that happen too at our church. And we're trying to engage in the leadership in doing this, but we're getting pushed back. And we're getting people saying that we just want to keep things the way that they are going or that they should be going in a different direction. What advice would you give them? I guess I could speak from the insti- more institutional kind of side. Not that Bernard's not part of an institution, but... <laughs> he's part of a tribe. He's part of yeah, his tribe. My, my, we're all part of a tribe. Yeah, we're all part of a tribe. <laughs> I would say this. Do you, are you rooted, first and foremost? Have you shown people you're rooted? Rooted in? The church family, the the tribe that you're a part of, have you, especially in a Canadian Asian context, have you kind of, you know, shown that you're in it through the good and bad? Because mm. invested, yeah, right. Like, because most people are just like, I want the goods right now, and I'm like, well, are you willing to be rooted in a sense through the the different seasons, the month? Like, I've I've been in my context for 14 years now. Sure, like I almost like if if. If you can go through it for 14 years, <laughs> maybe you've shown like it's I don't want to say it's just purely pay your dues thing, but there's something about showing like we're in this together. Yes. You know, versus someone who's just I'm I came in here and I want my way and I'm we're just going to go right. that way. They're like, invested, they're committed, they are journeying together. Yeah, and and for me, journeying with other people even that's why I think some people came with me to the site. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're going to keep moving forward together that way and this is the evolution of of our learning and and you know what Christ is showing us. So I think that's something that I would encourage people to go like are you have you shown you know you're willing to work with other people you know and you go through a lot of conflict actually and reconciliation you show people your who you are in Christ at the end of the day. Sure. So that that kind of gives you some credibility to move forward. Uh, with with new imagination for the future. Not that you you have to go that route. I just I think from an institutional side, that's what I've seen. Mm. I, like, yeah, gives you some sort of credibility. I, I don't know if that's an institutional thing. I think <laughs> I think in general, like sure. I think you want to change a culture. It's not an instantaneous change, especially if you're going against a kind of against the grain. And I think like there is, it's a lot of relational building. There's a lot of trust that needs to be earned. There's a lot of you know, you need to faithfully walk through it. And it's not just a simple, like, I see it differently and I need change. Right. And I think that's the that's the hard part in our culture because the great part about being an entrepreneur is like, oh, I can do this or I could create a side hustle. I could do whatever. Yeah. But sometimes the ambition gets pretty high too. We can do it better. Mm. We can figure this out a bit better. And it, that also at times creates antagonisms or, yeah. or conflicts too. Yeah. And and I didn't I didn't want to do that. And I'm not saying people who do church planting or whatnot, that's, their, that's what they're doing necessarily. But Present company I, excluded. Yeah, like I, I, didn't, I didn't want to just like do that. And, and it's possible to work with people and, and 
I do think to win people over uh, to where, hey, God might be doing something here. Mm. Let's, let's get our feet wet. But I, I do I do wonder if at one point when I have left the institutional church and right. went into the route of church planting that people have thought of me, not so much as an enemy, but with a certain banner. Mm. Because it's like, well, you, you left the Chinese church. You gave yeah. up on it, right? You Almost like you, a rebel? Kind of. Right, okay. like the, the prodigal son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look at, look at where you at now. Oh, man. Look at, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. I got my signet ring back in my robe. Oh, man. I'll, Let's I'll not use with, that I'll analogy. That's like so bad. <laughs> That's so bad. No, but I, I mean, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not just critiquing or like teasing. I just like, I wonder if sometimes like we embody ideological frameworks that we didn't realize that we have. Yeah constructed because i think like and and i think the danger of a lot of times conflicts are form um without us even realizing that that we already have a preconceived notion Mm -hmm. and we already kind of carry with us a certain kind of banner right you know i'll say this too because i think you know we we've all kind of walked with each other through our various church changes or, or destinations that have have changed and stuff like that one thing I would say, you know, and not to just toot <laughs> toot our horns here, you know, even in in this in this room between us as as brothers as friends, we bounced off these things off of each other too, yeah, and supported yeah. each other through this. And you ask the question, maybe, was I in the wrong here? Right. Well, maybe do I need to re- rethink where I'm coming from that the mm. the the motivations are are skewed and not not in line with where God wants me? Like, sure. It's like, do do you have people like? Based on your question, John, like if anyone's thinking about this, do you have a group of people that you can actually go and tell you truthfully, honestly? Yeah, you're kind of full of crap here. <laughs> you know, like you're you're just you're you're more in it for yourself or whatever, yeah, for right? Sure. And that we have people at least. So there is a point. I think everyone has a threshold of some degree, right? Right, like the, you're going to have a limit of how much you can take, and it's okay to step back because of. You know, just maybe some of the pure frustration is because you're not in a healthy place. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But you also, how do you discern that with others? Mm. And and you may not be able to engage. Like we're, we're painting sometimes a nice picture of, of facing antagonisms and, and conflict, but you may not be in the right frame of mind. Or, you might be the antagonizer. <laughs> you might be the That's antagonizer. That's so true. Yeah, don't. That's so true. Because like we we can hide behind our own banners without even realizing yeah. that we are hiding behind banners. We might not be aware of ourselves at all, <laughs> for sure. So find I would yeah say find some people to to call you out maybe or to speak into your life that sure. can from a different perspective possibly. I think this is so necessary and critical, and it is the practice of truth telling about asking someone to speak truth into your life and to speak it from a different way. But like you hinted at, it is in the context of a relationship that has been formed. And sometimes when there is conflict, as we mentioned earlier too, it's harder just to jump in and make, you know, to build up a relationship when when there wasn't one existing before. And Perhaps even thinking about all the business and all the decisions that need to be made, and we just talked about it in our last episode, is is like, are people willing to put in the time to invest into each other and into the church in that way, and to be open for truth-telling and for be, to be open to receive also someone speaking into their life? And that's a huge question to ask. How do you reclaim and recapture how you can do that and 
especially when there's all the pressure of of decisions needing to be made, or perhaps there is so much that has been charged up because of conflicts and such like that. How do you, you know, how do you navigate through that? This might be more of an ideological paradigm kind of way of looking at it. We're kind of wrestling with this for a little bit in terms of conflicts and and whatnot. Like, I, I wonder for many of us who are in churches, like we we frame our our church in our theologies and our practices, and even as individual Christians, like we have like this bounded set, what is in and what is out. Okay. Right. Like how, that's kind of how we understand what is orthodoxy, what is not, what is right practice, what is not. Like it's a very bounded set hmm. of way of looking at it. And then like I was really challenged by this idea of center set, right? Like Jesus is a center and he's the orient, like gravity leadership. Oh, gravity <laughs> leadership. He's the, Shout out. He's, he's like, the, the the center that's pulling in. So if we don't look at it so much as a bounded set that frames our paradigm, but more of a center set towards Jesus, and we look at the various people or the, like the, theology, whatever, like as like not just this in or out paradigm, hmm. but this circular paradigm that like we're just in different spheres from Jesus. Um, and I think like back to what we were talking about, like the relational aspect, I think there's something about when you actually have to cross over or like draw near to Jesus towards the other person, like there is going to be a change. Mm. And, and this might seem like really like ideological paradigm <laughs> way of looking at it. But I, I, I just, I just think like if we shift that practice and perspective, I wonder if like can actually address some of the, 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 the way that we we approach conflict it's like like it, it's so natural for us to create that boundary but it's so counterintuitive to the way of Jesus where he's breaking those boundaries and he's drawing people to him mm. right and I, I think what would be a beautiful way for the church to approach is is like how do we model that how do we live that out Sure. How do we see Jesus as the orienting center? And and not just like believe that, but actually to do that. And so that that's kind of like that's a huge question. Yeah. I think what you just shared does connect a lot to what we've been talking about, right? Like it is one of the 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 main ideologies behind how to approach conflict how to invite people into resolving it in a way that is Christ-like and draws us to Christ. And just kind of as a final thought, as we're wrapping up this one episode, is that I wonder if we are okay as the church to consider that conflict is part of what does it mean to be the church? And what does it mean to be seeking out Christ and to be discerning well through it and to be stepping into the mess and the challenges rather than just seeing that as the obstacle or the the hindrance or what you know causes us to not forge forward but it's like no part of forging forward and part of growing together and part of seeking out Christ together is about facing these conflicts or perhaps sometimes the facing the antagonisms in our life and it's not just practicing resolving conflict or avoiding conflict which is actually a, a terrible practice in itself but it's about like accepting that yeah we may still have brokenness in our life. Sometimes we have sin in our life, and that's why we need people to call us out. And that this is part of a church's or a people's journey toward Christ together. And that unity can come because of 
forgiveness and because of restoration and reconciliation. And that's wrapped up around, you know, the, the whole mission of God and how he's making all things new in, in the world. As we finish off, and that was kind of my last point to make, but I want to give one last chance. We did not do this on our last episode, but if there's a takeaway box that's related to making decisions or to facing conflict, what would be your takeout box? I think one of the things that I would encourage people to think about is like power dynamics, which we didn't really talk much about. Oh, we can um, talk about it in another episode for sure. In this episode, but it's just like when we talk about conflicts and we talk about antagonisms and enemy making and like, how do we draw the lines? I wonder part of it is the, the luster of power and like, how do we hold the power of orthodoxy, the power of um, whatever, whatever the power may be. But the way that Jesus had modeled dealing with conflicts was not with power. Mm. It was not with like his, you know, like his godly authority. It wasn't that. It was a very subversive. It was a very disempowering posture. And I think like as we in the church, like as we engage with this, I think we have to not walk in with the course of power. So for, for us all who are listening and practicing, like, do we recognize that there's a sense of power hungriness? Mm. The, the, and that, that could be like masked with like the right doctrinous. Mm, wow. Yeah. And so I like, you know, just something to think about as we are in these situations of conflicts and, 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 and like it becomes so hard. Like, well, sure. what is it? What's the underlying thing? Well, two things. One is kind of, and you briefly mentioned it at the end, at, at your last statement, John, but it's not that we don't need conflict. We can have a healthy sense of conflict, but in the most positive sense that you can disagree. We can have contrarian views. And if anything, a lot of those things sharpen uh, where we go together. Right. That we, we need, uh, and just, we talked about the, the fivefold gifting or something like that. A lot of the, like people in my committee, we, we did a kind of gifting test that, that a certain person here helped us with <laughs> gifting test for my leadership team. And a lot of us are different and we bring different ideas, sometimes conflicting ideas to the table but how do we reconcile those things? How do we, I can submit to where you're at, even if I don't entirely agree with it or what I'm going to like, okay, but I, I'm not doing it begrudgingly. It's like, I believe God can also work through mm-hmm. your idea that way. So let's move forward together. So that's one thing that it's not that throw out conflict or something like that. No, we, we have different ways to bring to the table. And that's why we're the body of Christ. And I think we'll only understand as best as we can doing that together on earth until Christ (laughs) returns and shows us, you know, more and more. The second thing I would say is, I don't know. I think about the people who, who have left the Canadian Asian church because of conflict. Mm. And I think about those people and, and we have some people who've responded to us through, through uh, email and, and, and messaging and, and telling us some of their stories and stuff like that. And I just want to encourage those people that, you know, we can also move beyond the conflict, the the situational conflict. We can we can find healing, I think, in in Christ. We can reconcile with those that we've battled against for so long. I think I've seen, I've heard stories about it. I've seen evidence of it. But sometimes you need you need to go through a journey. And you need to kind of you know grow up in Christ more to even consider 
reconciling. Mm. So this isn't, this isn't the end. This isn't the end. So I just encourage people as well. If we've gone through conflicts in church and maybe you had something against a leader or an elder, a deacon or a pastor, even, or whoever, you know, maybe it's time to go back and have a conversation again. Maybe it's time to do that. I, God knows I've <laughs> had enough <laughs> times that I've had to do that. And God has surprised me over and over again. So, you know, we're all part of that kingdom together and, you know, we will continue, continue that together. So just, just a a word that way. That is great word to end off our episode. And this is, you know, that was like gospel right there. (laughs) It's awesome. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening to our episode today. And we'd love to hear from you. How are you facing conflict or wrestling with it? Or how have you perhaps, you know, been affected by it? And what does it mean for you to continue to follow God and to be part of His mission in the world? And so we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on Instagram, Facebook, email, or Twitter. Reach out and give us a shout out. And yeah, we'd love to continue to dialogue with you on these topics. And if you haven't done so already, please remember to rate and review and subscribe on whatever platform you listen to. That helps to continue to get this conversation out there. Hey, share it in person to someone else. And we would really appreciate that. And, you know, hopefully that this can be all part of how God is working in all of our lives to continue to draw us toward himself as the center. Once again, you have been listening to the Canadian Asian Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.